2: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at
3: Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tannerito's. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: So, I just want to say hell yeah to what we just listened to, all right? And like I said, it is about to get even better. So please welcome to the stage, again, Propaganda and Dr. Natalie Hopkinson.
4: What's up, y'all? I just saw y'all a second ago. You know what I'm saying? Have a seat, Doc. Um, When my wife got through her her PhD, I was... uh, she was so exhausted and she was like, I don't even wanna to go to the ceremony. I was like, if you not going, I'm going. Cause then, and from that point on, I was like, if I meet anybody that has a doctor in front of their name, I will, after going through that, and I'm, I just did it like, I just watched her. I was like, call that person by their prefix.
5: Thank you so, so much. So
4: doctor, how are you?
5: I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here in Asheville. Hello everyone. Hi. <laughs>
4: So introduce yourself, a little bit of your work, and uh, we'll get into some questions for you.
5: you. Sure, so my name is Natalie Hopkinson. Uh, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Communication, Culture, and Media Studies at Howard University. Um, I'm also a, thank you, any Howard people here? Familiar with Howard? In All right. DC mammals, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I, most recently, I was a co-founder of a movement called Don't Mute DC around go-go music, preserving yes. go-go music and culture, and the life and people of the
4: chocolate city. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, any of y'all been through DC before? Y'all, you got any, got any DMVs, any PGCs, anybody? So uh, if you're familiar with me, you know I believe, you cut me open, I believe the Pacific Ocean. I'm Los Angeles boy. But... My mother and I was saving this story for the states, but my mother is five generations Chocolate City. Like, so we go. My mom's side, everybody's there. Everybody's born there. They buried there. You know, uh, I was naming some like Fort Lee Cemetery on Bladesburg Road. That's where my whole family's at. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I spent every other summer in D.C. with grandma and all nine of my mom's siblings. You know, bouncing around Capitol Heights, everything, just bouncing around the city. So I, I have. A, a deep love for anything DC um, and in, including go-go music, but here's my story. So my cousin, one of the, I'm at the tail end of my cousins, you know, uh, there's like two under me, there's a million of them above us, right? Cause she had nine siblings, right? So he would bring these tapes back to Cali, these, these go-go tapes. And I would be like, what is this? <laughs> like, I just, I didn't, let me taste, I did not, get it i was like these are bad recordings yep you would not understand it. songs that's right yes i was like this and he was like nah okay now listen to this he brought he brought junkyard dang, backyard boys you know what i'm saying D-d-d-d- was it chuck brown that Yep, absolutely brown brought them all to the city and i was just like i don't i i was like i don't understand like and, and I, I don't understand until i was 16 and it was my turn to go to dc and we went to a go-go That's right. I was like, now I get it.
5: And that's the whole thing about go-go music, which is DC. It's a cousin of hip hop. Started in DC the same time that uh, hip hop uh, started in the '70s. -hmm. So DC is to the Bronx, you know, sort of like parallel. Yeah. Um, And but it's live music. It's about twelve people on stage. Mm -hmm. Multi layers of percussion, cowbell, cymbals, timbales, conga drums. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of Afro-Latin rhythms. And when you hear it on a tape, the tape is really just like a memento. Yeah, don't The translate. experience, yeah, it does not translate yeah. at all. The experience is, it's a conversation. So the music is a call and response between the audience. And so the band is actually, the audience is part of the band. And so unless you're there in that moment, you're not going to understand You don't get that. it, yeah. Yeah.
4: It's so beautiful. And I, I i grew in such appreciation for that because of, like you said, like experiencing the thing, understanding what go-go means to DC. It's a native grown, born sound um and then after that i started recognizing it in other groups like uh so so when you the first time i heard uh crazy in love yes i was Beyonce. like that's gogo like yep, i told the is. homies, i was like yes that's go-go. rich
5: harrison produced that yes. At dc yes
4: that's gogo and yep. then do you guys remember uh a marie yeah that's yep. one
2: thing it's got yep. me
4: you know i was saying how the timing is like dun, 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 dun. i was like yep. I think that's go, you know what I'm saying? It absolutely yes, is. Yes, and me being in Cali, like nobody knew I like why what were, what are you talking about? And I was right. like it's it's DC, it's Gogo, you know? Yeah. It yeah. No, nah, so I have a, a a very um special moment for for go There was one time again one year my cousin Jeff took me down a, is it U street that's got yes, the Yes, U street. Yeah. Yes. See, yeah, with the one of the it was one of the one of the one of the clubs that's a house. I mean, it's probably all of them, right? But I don't know. Whatever it was, like a three story house, the basement was the open mic, okay. And
5: bar none,
4: maybe it's like DC, Live DC Live. Was that on U there. Street? It might have been there. DC yeah.
5: Live was downtown.
4: It was, oh, so it wasn't U Street, no. Look, but
5: anyway, whatever. There's a lot, a lot of places, <laughs> a long yeah. time ago, yeah.
4: But it was like I went, it was the second time I experienced it, and it was an open mic, so I was like, okay, I have to. Cali boy, underground hip hop, battle rapper. I was like, oh, I'm getting on this. man. I don't care what y'all say. You know what I'm saying. So, so went up there. Told the dude like, hey, look, I'm from Cali. You know what I'm saying. I do, I do hip hop music back there. I would love to like. If is there any space on the list? And they was like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's talking, yeah, Bamo. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we we got a little time at the end. You know what I'm saying? We we, we get you in there. So, so he did the the, the full, and then um. So then towards the end, he was like, all right, yeah, now we got with Kelly. So like I came in there and I'm like, now my nerves is going. And I'm not used to rapping over a band. Right. So, so much like sound. I'm used to rapping over horrible microphones. So like, I have to know how to project. So I kind of knew how to project because I'm used to rapping on like karaoke machines. So I was like, I know how to do this, but like that, but I did it, it was like, oh, pat myself on the back. Slayed it, slayed that mug, became friends ever since. I've like I'm still tapped in with those guys like nice. ever since it was just one of the but it was one of those like yo, I just wish everybody could travel and experience this because I was like, I don't know how to tell anyone back home what that's like.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's a very chocolate city experience. You know, mm-hmm. it comes out of the segregated history of DC, segregated school systems, um, you know, and, and it's, as horrible as segregation is, it did allow a space to protect these traditions that really go back to West Africa, you know, our roots. Mm-hmm. So I started off writing about Gogo. I'm not a DC native. I came to Howard um, mm-hmm. in the 90s, and I was an arts writer at the Washington Post. Then I went to do my dissertation. I went to do my PhD at the University of Maryland, and I did mm-hmm. it on Go Go music. And so that's part of what I did was sort of really looking at these roots. And it's so Go Go is not just also the music, it's fashion, you know, it's the yeah. sound companies, it's uh, people who sell the tapes, yeah. it's a whole multi million dollar industry in DC. And, um, you know, as DC has gentrified, it's one of the most intensely gentrified spaces in the country. Uh, Go Go has been under attack through gentrification, but it also was attacked during the murder capital years of DC yeah. when it really got blamed for, it got scapegoated for all the murders that took place, which I always say that the you know the conga players were innocent. Yeah. They were totally innocent. <laughs> they just happened to be there when something went down, which a lot of things were going down when you have an epidemic of drug addiction yeah. and gun violence. Yeah. Like things go down and somehow this beautiful music um, got... Blame for that, and so in the last three years with the Don't mute DC movement, you know we've had an amazing turnaround as far as people, more people yeah. coming to the realization that you did, which yeah. is that okay, maybe I don't understand this, but maybe this is something that has value.
4: Man, man, make some noise for that, man. The Don't mute DC <laughs> thing—that's so dope. I feel a lot of kinship to like that and gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? Like the the music coming out of the West Coast too. You know, a lot of a lot of times for. You know, the the intermixing of like, like you said, like this con you know, guy playing the congas, he's like, I just happen to be from this project. You know what I'm saying? like So I'm like, I'm just from South Central. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm running from the same dudes you running from. You know what I mean? So, and, and I chose, and a lot of times, especially a lot of like the gangster rappers, like a lot of them chose doing music. To get away from the violence you know what i'm saying it's like well this is who we are this is where we're from it is what it is i'm not scared but i'm doing this to avoid that you know and even to be successful in because if you think about like at least how california's played out and i've learned that it's a little similar to dc it's like the way that our sections are if you want to be a, a successful artist you can't only do shows in hoods you good in like you gotta you gotta be able to play in areas that have like rival that's right you what I'm saying which means that means that I have to learn how to like navigate outside of you know what I'm saying so you pick up a lot of skills being able to be like First of all, knowing the grid, you know, and where you are when there's no maps for it, you know, kind of knowing where you are and then knowing, OK, who do I check in with? Who do I tap in with? Who do we make sure is this and how is this? Okay, What do you need from me to make sure everything's OK with this? OK, because I really just want to do this music. It, was it similar over there, too?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, and the other thing that with the Go-Go's were also a- really a place to mediate, you know, this is a place mm-hmm. where everybody's celebrating. A lot of people from different communities are coming together. They're also a place to sort of heal from a lot of the wow. trauma that's going on. You know, again, DC murder, capital days, uh, DC was leading the nation in gun violence and, mm-hmm. and all these other things that were going out, which were because of the violence over the drug, drug, trade, drug trade, people competing over profits. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people who lost their lives. Yeah, and. Much like New Orleans, you know, the second line and sort of like the brass band culture, the go-go is that space where you can heal, you know, where you can mourn, where you could remember your friends, where you so could dope. be recognized. You know, you go and take your picture in the, you know, the yeah. spot. And, you know, a lot of times those are the records of people's lives that have been lost. So it's so a really dope. special space.
4: That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. And it's and the more you, the more you talk about it, the more I feel like it can be like the principles of it is like, yeah, this is like any hood USA, you know what I mean? Like we have, for California, we have an area in the Crenshaw district called Leimert Park that like, was like for some reason it's in between like A-Trey Crips and Rolling 60 Crips, like Nipsey Hussle and them. Like this is, it's in the center You know what I'm saying? But they do an African drum circle every Sunday. Like, it's like, this is it's one of the most peaceful, of my whole life, I can't think of anything ever. It's along the cruising Boys in the Hood, the Crenshaw, cruising Crenshaw, that's on that street, you know, but it's just, it's I remember my father bringing me on Sundays to the flea market, like as a child, just Mert Park, you know? And then Saturdays I bring my my, my little nephews, I, I said earlier, I'm a girl dad, so that my daughters aren't interested, but I bring like my nephews with me and we just kick it on Crenshaw. And it's just, but that space, we just knew how the space was sacred.
5: And it, Yeah, it's a sacred space. Um, it's a place for art, communication, community, um, and, you know, a lot of the questions that my work has been asking the last couple of years is like, well, where are the arts grants for those drummers?
4: Ooh, okay. You know? Talk your talk.
5: Because where are, you know, you, we recognize opera and ballet as great American art forms, but, you know, they're European art forms and mm-hmm. there, are, there are many other continents so i'm not sure why well i know why but they all don't have to these art forms don't all have to originate in europe to be valuable some of them came right here on american soil things like hip hop things like go-go music but our public policy structures are not built to include them and so that's a lot of the work that i've been doing the last couple years is really trying to really make these arguments and to try to help people understand that this is American art and it deserves the respect and the financial support. It deserves Mm -hmm. the space. We make every American city, major city, makes room for sports. They will put their money into these stadiums. They will give tax subsidies to private people who are making money off of it because we appreciate that this is a special space. This is not to knock sports, right? No, no, no. This is a special space where people come together and this is something that our society values. And so we have to, to get to the hood politics part, Yes, we have to be able, that has to also extend to the drummers and the drum Yes,
4: Yes, it's like, yo, Pay us too. Yes. Yes. L-A-S-I-K
3: There's joy in every journey.
4: This is perfect. This gets to the perfect segue. You know what you're doing. What I tell you. All right. So my my podcast I do is called Hood Politics with Prop. And what the podcast is essentially like in a lot of ways, like the doctor here is an embodiment of this. It's just this idea that like Oftentimes we feel if we don't have like formal or like academy of education that we kind of don't know what we're talking about. And what I found was that's just not the case. Right. some of when in getting my formal education, I realized a lot of the ways that I made sense of history, politics, foreign policy, all those things were really just lessons I learned growing up. With gangsters. You know what I'm saying? And just learning how to like navigate the city. Like, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I'm just from South Central. I never gangbanged a day in my life, but I knew exactly where they were, what they doing, how they move, what offended them. Cause I needed, I needed to know to survive. Like I have to know how y'all work, right? And in the same way, like I'm, I've never ran for office. I'm not a politician, neither are you. But for you to survive and thrive, you better know how they work. Right, you have to know how this stuff, and what my encouragement to you is like, you probably already do. It's just nobody pointed at it. You understand what I'm saying? I think right now, you know, if we were taking the um, conflict in Ukraine, that's not complicated, you get it. You know, you've you've had to deal with a bully, you know what I'm saying? You know what it feel like to deal with a bully? You, you know what it feel like if you about to get jumped? Like, I'm, let me be real with y'all. Let me show you her hypothesis. If you about to get jumped, you know somebody's like surrounding you. There's three rules. Three rules is don't let nobody get behind you. Right. <laughs> Number one. Number two, I need to go psycho on one of y'all. Right. <laughs> because if I go psycho on one of y'all, the rest of you might think twice. Right. And if I could just hold on long enough, y'all might gas out right and i'm like that's it's ukraine right like okay you done surrounded you done surrounded our nation all right we just got to hold out you have we have to show them that we got a heart right and, and and ain't nobody jumping in if you notice ain't nobody helping right everybody's standing outside like oh i throw you a bat or two you feel me but yo this your fight bro like you gonna have to handle and ukraine like yo y'all gonna jump in it's like well, no we because we don't want to smoke of russia also right so boy the point is you already understand this stuff, right? And it's just using what you already knew to understand what's happening right now. And then this is, the, and then, and and your role in again building a better world. So. You already embodying this. I want to ask you a specific question around that idea. Like, so you have your your school training and what you knew about your like formal training, and how to turn that into things that affect the community around us. What I would argue is like that's real power. There's a thing with politicians called astroturfing. I don't know if you ever heard this, but it's this idea of like, if you're about to do this rally, you know, you kind of hit hit the Craigslist, you know, hit the DMs, you start saying, yo, here's 50 bucks, pull up out here, we'll draw some signs for you. You pull up, so they pay people to come out for the for the, for the the rally to look big, right? That's called astroturfing. But I know dudes right now, and I bet you, you, since you so plugged into the community, you could send out three texts and be like, hey, we pulling up at this park, y'all, y'all pull up, 100 people on the street, you know what I'm saying? 100 people outside, you're like, hey, we gonna do a barbecue at MacArthur Park. Let me, and the whole city come out That's real political power, politicians pay for that. So what I'm saying is like somebody like yourself, ultimately my hope for this show is to onboard people like us into policy. You understand what I'm saying? So that now we ain't got to hate our politicians if right. it's a real one like this.
5: Well, and I want to say exactly what you just described is really what the Don't Mute DC movement came about. So mm-hmm. there was an issue where there was somebody who was playing music on a corner for 25 years, playing go-go music. The neighborhood was gentrified. Gentrifiers came in, demanded the music be shut off. Everybody rolled up Everyone. There was not, I mean, you had 4,500 people who came on the corner of 14th and New Street. Yes. To, to watch Backyard Band perform. Let's go. And so, like, the go-go bands have that type of pull. Natalie yes. Hopkinson, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> right? But the go-go, the go-go bands, if you say Big G is going to be at the corner of 14th and U, you go going to have a The city's a whole, coming. They're coming. Yes. And so, what we've been do, able to do with the Don't Mute DC movement, we were able to rally people to come to defend that corner mm-hmm. and to be able to say, okay, every, everybody backed off. They're like, okay, never mind. We're going to let him play his music. Mm-hmm. But then we were like, you know what? We got other things that we want to say. Yes. So we talked about how they were going to shut down a hospital in Ward 7 and 8, the blackest, poorest part of the city, separated by a bridge. These are genocidal policy decisions. Yes. We did a go go in the hospital parking lot. And every one of those council people, they flipped the vote. It was 12, uh, 11-1 against it. It was mm-hmm. the opposite, you know, when they finally yeah. came to the final vote. Uh, we applied it to issues like school funding. They were going to take away um, a new building of this black high school, put that on our list of demands. We talked about um, return citizens. There wasn't a place for people who, after having served their time in the mm-hmm. district, they had no place for them to come back to the district. And so we did a rally on New York Avenue, the middle of a work day, we had a thousand people come out um, to see these bands perform. Let's go. And so that's what I'm saying is the power of these. So power. again, Dr. Hopkinson does not have that power, but, I've read, what I do know is that the go-go musicians have the power. Yeah. And so once you pair them with people who are interested in different policy issues, there's nothing that we can't do. Yeah. And so we've been on a roll for the last um, the last few years in really winning a lot of arguments, including making go-go uh, name the official music of Washington, D.C. That was yes. a law that was official. passed. So they go to yeah. remember, everybody's going to remember what go-go is. Let's go. Right? And, and then now we're in the process of just figuring out how we institutionalize this, how How do we Mm -hmm. do this so when I was really like hearing you talk about that traditional knowledge Mm -hmm. so I tell with my kids so books I'm a big fan of books yeah I've written a few of them I, I read a lot of them it's a very efficient way to learn because you can learn you could cross time and space learn about people's experience wonderfully efficient way to learn but the other way to learn is by sitting down and talking to people yes observing and having experiences those are like two ways that you become smart and knowledgeable and in our community we have a lot of uh, in uh, talking about in the black community you could just sit with elders yes you know you could sit with people who've been around Mm -hmm. and so you know some of the work we're doing is around how do we make sure that that traditional knowledge gets passed on how do we make these power structures respect the fact that there is thing called traditional knowledge yes. and there's a thing called book knowledge yes. and ne- they're not, there shouldn't be such a great hierarchy between them.
4: You, Yeah, you, again, make some noise for that right there. You know what I'm saying? Give, give the doctor flowers. I like, I think you're right. I think about in my own life, like if I were to go back home and tell my grandma like when she was around, like, hey, you know, we learned it, you know, blah, blah, blah. All they said, yeah, this and this. Grandma would say, they don't know what they talking about. Let me tell you what happened, you know? and. When I tell you, and I'm pretty sure you're the same, I will dismiss anything anybody else said. It don't, I don't care what the books say, When my grandma say, they don't know what they're talking about, let me tell you. I, I'm like, I immediately believe her. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. We just don't have a name for it. Yep. What she's calling it is, that's the name of it. It's called traditional knowledge. That's right. You know what I mean? It's why you know when well, we say don't cross railroad tracks. It's why you know, hey, don't go to that liquor store because of this, this, and this. Hey, when you go to the store, make sure you buy this version and not that version. That's traditional knowledge.
5: Yeah, and grandma is the traditional PhD. She's the PhD. She's she the OG. She the- she's the one... Teaching things like even the food that we eat. Yeah. You know, like these are the these are our cultural traditions and that those are passed on often by women. Yeah. You know, sitting around tables and yeah. they just don't get the respect that they deserve. Yeah. So thank you for giving her, her respect. Oh
4: man, come on, give grandma our flowers. Yes. It's the thing she already, it's the crazy part to me, again, it's like, but we we already do it you know we just don't name it and I and I appreciate you naming it and and again like once you do name it now you can institutionalize it and give it flowers that's great um and I think one thing you said just going back to something you said where you were like I don't have the official powers the go-go players that do what that translates to me is like this is what she described is what lobbying should be mm. like right now we see lobbying as like As a bad word. Mm -hmm. But it's just a bit, it depends on like who you're working for. Like when you're lobbying, like if if you're working for, you know, Lex Corp, you know what I'm saying? Then yeah, your lobbying is evil. You know what I'm saying? If you're trying to bend somebody's will for something that's just for a selfish gain, then that's evil lobbying. What she said was this okay, we have an issue. I know who got the juice, who got the cloud in the, in the city. I'm tapped in with them. You're good with these people. you feel me? Which is something again, people pay for that to be good with somebody that knows how to get 4500 people, and they say, if you' good with them, then do you know what I mean when I say you good with them? Am I going too far? Okay, yeah, if you good with them, then now you what you do exactly what you said. you just pair them with the policymaker. That's called lobbying. you know so rather than these big lobbying corporations you know i'm saying and firms that are just hiring kids out of college and just being like yo this is the project like what if we saw a world that had more like this where it's like we're indigenous we're grown from here we're i'm good in the streets i'm good in the academy you know what i'm saying and i'm good with the council people and i understand how all these things work and this is again this is hood politics. Well, so,
5: and I so it was the other thing I'll sort of add is with um, when this this businessman who would sell go-go tapes in addition to selling cell phones, his yeah. name as Donald Campbell, when he was under attack, the first person who came to his defense very publicly was a student at Howard named Julene Broomfield. Mm-hmm. And she created this hashtag don't Okay. And she said, you know, what's happening is disgusting. Gentrification yeah. is horrible. And she said, Maybe this won't change anything, but let's when we talk about it, let's talk about this using the hashtag don't mute dc. Mm-hmm. And so I and my partner Ronald Moten who's my he's an activist. So mm-hmm. he's been a street activist um, you know for for years. We created a petition on change.org. We were able using this don't mute dc language, we were able to get 80,000 people to sign See. our petition from every state in the union in 94 different countries around the world, Mm -hmm. people rallied on behalf of this specific street corner. So, you know, so it's like, you can use these tools. You know, you don't have to be just tweeting in the void. You know, if you sort of pair it with people who are ready with plans and ready to have a conversation. And, you know, the other thing with my, um, with Ronald Moten, who's, he's creating the GoGo Museum Cafe in DC now, which is another thing that's come out of this, is that, He's taught me a lot about lobbying. Yeah. We were able to get $3 million for, just directly for GoGo. Cause we said, look, it's not enough for you to just say we're official. We've always been official. Yeah. right. So what, what you gotta do is you gotta put some investments in especially when the community was really reeling from the COVID pandemic. And so we were able to get direct relief to artists, direct relief, direct support for GoGo related archiving. And we're just getting started. Because DC is rich, and so you know they got the money. DC has a seventeen point five billion dollar budget. You know, like they gave us a couple crumbs, so we're gonna go back for like really institutionalize it and making sure that there's never a case that you know DC go go music will be forgotten or muted.
4: (laughs) Again, man, if there's one thing I learned about one thing I learned about government is, oh, they got the money.
5: Oh,
4: they do. They like don't let nobody don't let these people lie to you. They got it they got it on them, right? One thing I've learned, um, and I'm going to end with this last question, you know, but one thing I've learned was like, and I'll be honest with you, I learned this from my white friends, be real with you. It's, and maybe, maybe it's true for you, but it's let them tell you no, like in the sense of this, if you don't ask, right, or just start doing then you never know. Again, remember I talked about in the terraforming thing, there was a lot of ways that I had to rethink what's actually possible. The thought would have never crossed my mind to ask for three million dollars to, to go into the thing and ask like, yo, hey, y'all got money for arts. We need it. We'll, we'll run it like I would never ask. And if you say no, then some of my other again, another one of my white friends was like. No is a starting point. Exactly. It's just like, there's, there's a way to get to yes. I had to learn that from white people. I'm not going to lie to you. And you
5: <laughs> yeah. cannot, I mean, the thing is, is with the art, like, it sort of goes back to the drummers yes. right, in the circle. Like, if, if we've gotten it in our minds and the public narrative is around art is a certain thing. Yeah. Art aren't people who look like you or yeah. look like me, Yeah. Right then you don't even think like, okay, we're entitled to this money. Yeah. Like I'm like, not only do they need to do 3 million, they got to do reparations for the last 40 come years on, that they on, hadn't had on. anybody involved in this. Yeah. You know, like it's a whole lot of checks that need to be, and you know, and we do it in a very systematic way. Um, you know, I, do, I did charts. I did an analysis of arts funding in DC. I found that 78% of the funding went to white neighborhoods in DC, where, D, where black people are the, are, uh, the largest ethnic group. Like, how does that make, make that make sense? The math
4: ain't mathing. No, the
5: math wasn't mathing, And they tried to throw us off the arts commission for that. But then, you know, my friends in the go-go community really came to our rescue. They did another rally, (laughs) you know? And they were like, yeah, don't, don't try this with them. And they didn't, so it's it's our superpower. You know, our music is our superpower.
4: Wow.
3: There's joy in every journey.
4: Man, that's actually a that's actually a better place to stop. You know, our music is our superpower. You 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 have embodied what I hope for, what I hope to see in the future where somebody who's in, who, you know, born and bred from the soil, you know, learned un, never left their roots, you know what I'm saying? Got into a position of of access, brought people with you, and learned how to leverage, and even like, even deflect some of the even in this conversation, you've deflected some of the like, you know, some of the flowers and glory, and was like, nah, it's a team. Like we come from this, and that's and that's again, that's another thing that I I, I am going to assume this of you. Like this just comes from growing up in a black and brown community. Got to. You just, yeah, you know you're not it's on the your we. own. It's, it's we. It's we. It's we. It's always we. If you
5: want to go fast, go alone. Mm-hmm. If you want to go far, go together. That's the pro- proverb. That's the proverb. And that's how we have to do it.
4: Yeah. So when you, when you don't deny that part of you, I know for so long when I was getting into the academy, I thought I had to shut off all of those lessons I learned from there and learn something new. And I realized like, oh no, this is, this is actually... It's actually better to bring this to the table. Yeah. Anyway, doctor, thank you so much.
5: Thank you. Thank
4: you. Y'all, this was incredible. I'm so honored. Your book's outside?
5: Yes, I have two books outside.
4: She got two books outside. I got one book outside called Terraform. She got two books outside. Uh, Again, if you want to read work of dogs versus work of of wolves, you know, (laughs) there it is. Thank you again. Thank you. Appreciate y'all. Thank
1: you. Do you you guys want to take some audience questions or you just want to? Oh
4: yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We were supposed to open for Q and (laughs) A. Any, I mean, do we got any?
1: Hey everybody. If you're interested in asking some questions right now, I'm glad to come around with the microphones. Just put your hand up and thanks for bringing the house lights up.
6: Well, first, I want to thank you so much. This has been an incredible inspiration, um, and I just thank the festival for doing this and bringing you guys here. And um, my question is, I'm working in Asheville with a lot of people trying to save, trying to make sure that Asheville doesn't become Charlotte or Austin, Texas, or Bend, Oregon, and all these other cities that have just grown really fast and lost a lot of affordable housing and a lot of culture, a lot of the culture, built-in culture, and um, it is. It's, rare, it's, it's like to know that you did it by music is great. And I think that one of the things that I've gotten out of this is like the positivity, thinking of it as, you know, we have to become more inclusive. And sometimes I get really angry and I expose that in my, in my writings and in my standing up against, you know, the powers that be. But um, any, any words of advice on how to keep that, how to build, I mean, I'm getting this, but any further thing that you can offer is a great help.
5: Yeah, thank you uh, for the question. Actually, right now as we speak, um, I mentioned uh, the, the co-author of the Don't You DC petition, Ronald Moten, right now is doing a tour of Anacostia that's in DC's, it's a black neighborhood in DC um, where he was able to acquire his business um, with the support of the city. He was acquired to acquire the property um, and that also inspired some really innovative legislation in D.C. that allowed legacy uh, cultural business owners like him, uh, like a bookstore owner, like the several cultural businesses, were able to get their um, to to get ownership. And that's really the only way that you can assure that people won't get displaced is if they have ownership. And so that's one of the I think one of the policy innovations that sort of come out of it is that yeah, you can just like you give a tax break to uh, uh, sports stadium, you can give a tax break to a mom and pop cultural, you know, cultural organization, you know, so we were able to make those arguments and, and I, we hope that other people um, do the same. Awesome.
1: All right. We got another question
7: down here. Uh, yeah. So I actually have more of a comment. Uh, first off, shout out the prop man. Been following you since uh humble beast days. So Let's go. Let's shout go. out to you, man. Appreciate uh, you. Doc, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you just coming through. Uh, my name's Bess uh bes thank you all once again and uh just for shedding the light man just for bringing this to everybody's attention go go such a strong movement you know i got a bunch of family in dc as well and uh, just wanted to invite you guys if you guys have time to triangle park uh, for those of you who don't know about triangle park it is the last or one of the last remaining black cultural artifacts here in asheville and so we actually me and my brother next here right before we came through we actually just finished having our monthly meeting just figuring out what we were going to do this summer for those of you who don't know we kick stuff off at the park we do live jams dj sets band sets sit up there, play chess all the stuff that should go on so don't neglect what's already going on right here in the city for those of you who don't know right it's good to see y'all up here it's good to see that y'all came out to support them as we should shout out to jessica for bringing them through but i had to take a minute to shout out just folks in triangle park because we trying you. to keep it alive yeah and if y'all have time i would love to show you the park just to point out the artifacts i know y'all busy i know y'all here for different reasons but i had to point that out prop i didn't know we aligned so much man like i said i've been following you for a long yeah. time but girl dad got a cat for the exact same reason Let's so i go. felt you completely <laughs> i was like man if i ain't love this little girl that thing would be you somewhere else some, man you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, and I gotta shout out one more thing, man. If you ever need a DJ for your set, holler at me. Holler at okay, me.
4: Okay, okay.
1: Anybody else? And thanks, I'm gonna get my exercise doing this today.
7: All right, first off,
5: I'm gonna be really dense and ask you to spell out that hashtag. Because I'm. N-
4: don't mute DC? Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't mute like, DC. D-O-N-T. Don't mute.
5: D O N T M U T E.
4: There it is. DC. See, I was not getting it. And
7: Thank there's a you. website,
5: don'tmutedc.com, that has a lot of information that I shared. Awesome. Yeah. DC statehood is hugely important, yep. like nationally. Oh, like, yes, it is. Like Thank what, you. What can we do? What can we do here in North Carolina to support that? So that's a really strong movement, and definitely, I think. Yes, very strong movement, really important. D.C. gets statehood, that changes the whole political game in the United States, which is why there's so much resistance in places like North Carolina, because it, it, it mutes the power. People who are already states, it mutes their power. Um, so I would say, I mean, there's... I could probably send you some resources of the DC statehood, there's many organizers who's been doing, working on this for decades. Um, and I really think that now's the time, I don't know why people wait. Like the minute Biden got in, he should have, that should have been the first thing he did so that we could, you know, yeah. that, so that we, they can't just take away people's voting rights and all the rest of the stuff that they're doing. They could only do that and, you know, without, um, without DC being a state. So I think it's very important and thank you for, for asking the question.
1: Anybody else?
3: Yeah? Thanks. Um, Thank you, first off. Great conversations. Um, I was sitting here reflecting a lot on what you were discussing about lobbying and lobbyists and just sitting here thinking that what we consider lobbyists is like the power is the money. Like those are the ones that are lobbyists. Mm -hmm. Um, And just sitting here kind of trying to consider whether the issue is that Right now, the money actually has more power than people power? Or is that a mentality? Like what you were talking about in the beginning, like our idea of what has power is wrong. Yes. Yeah. So this idea that like in Don't Mute DC, like actually people are remembering that they have power. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just... I don't know, I'm rambling, but yeah. just kind of thinking, that got me thinking about like, where is the power?
4: No, I, I, you're, you're actually nailing it, what what I have found, and I mean, obviously you're actually doing the work, you know. but what I have found is like, no, the power is the access to the people. The fact that like, that's what I'm saying, like they, politici- the money is to pay for access to the people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting people to the, you know, why, Why in the world, if you're looking at like a rally on on television, why are there people behind the stage? Like it's absurd. What type, there's nobody behind us, right? Like why would you sit behind at an event? It's for the perception of power. It's to look like there's a lot of people here. Most of the time, ain't nobody in front of them. Everybody's actually behind, you know what I'm saying? Because they need to look like they have access to the people. Right, so, so the power has always been, again, can I send out an email? Can I send out a text? Can I make one phone call and get 100 people outside? That's, that's what they need. So then that's why you partner with activists, with, why you hire street teams, why you do all that, because they actually get you. But if that street team, if that person, like, like their team is like, no, 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 no. I'm not making this call unless you cut the check for this for this, for this, and for this. And if you don't, we going outside against you. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I found.
5: Yeah, and I think power is also, so the part of what money's paying for is just access to eyeballs, right? So if you have a viral tweet, or if you have something, if you've got, you're able to command attention and bring a platform to issues, that's just as good as money. Yeah. And then, so, so the social media part is really important, but also just the spectacle of 4,500 people in the yeah. middle of a day, be it in the streets, shutting down traffic, that is a real signal to people. And that's really, we've been operating off of that yeah. for a while. To- it, it makes people very uncomfortable you know, to see that people could be rallied and and engaged because, you know, they it really makes them see how, like they're not seeing those people on a daily basis. So it sort of reminds them that you exist and that, you know, the threat is implicit is that, yeah, and you can go to the polls too, you know, and that's when you're really threatening. So the last thing I'll just say really quickly is about, you know, Stacey Abrams, I think, has shown more than anybody how your street, and she played a long game, Her street game, you know, people, conventional wisdom said that, you know, you, you have to go for the, you have to convince white people of this. Yeah. And her thing was like, no, we have to include everybody who lives in our state. Yeah. How about we start with that? You know, why don't we go to the people who have not, we, we, you haven't been campaigning these areas. Let's get their turnout to be right. And she's turned out to be right so, so far. Yeah. And that's why she's probably one of the most dangerous threats to the, to the powers really that be is. right now because she's yeah. smarter than them.
4: Yes, exactly, and she's because she's good in the streets. She, you know what I'm saying? She's good out there. They're like, "Oh, okay." When when she pulls up, yeah you don't want to see her pull up. Yeah, if she pulls up, it's very different when they pull up, and and even to piggyback on what she's saying, like what that when those 45 people come out, then that then that person in power realizes like, I don't have access to none of them. They didn't, and you're just like, "Oh, I I don't have as much pull as I thought," and you just showed me.
5: And you can control the, need, the media narrative yeah. that way too. You can point, you know, so you have what the mainstream media is talking about. You actually have a platform to yeah. be able to tell people like, yeah. this is what we need to be talking about right now. So that's also very powerful and that's a currency as well.
1: Anybody else? Yeah, one more. Did you have one more question?
6: <laughs> well, we are going to send them out to sign some books. Okay. Well, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Here, we tried to save a group of us. We had 350 people. We wrapped a big um, four blocks to keep these mm-hmm. houses that held affordable housing, true affordable housing, from being displaced and those houses from being destroyed. We had 4,000 signatures. We thought for sure this happened in 1980 in downtown Asheville at 12 city blocks, and we wrapped it in 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 um, sheets and those, all those buildings are still there. It feels today like there's a real different tenor. It's like, um, Mm. it's not, it's like we did all of that and it fell on deaf ears and it continues to fall on deaf ears. And, you know, it's urban renewal has been a horrible thing for Asheville. We Mm. used to have a thriving African-American community downtown, it was great. And we just keep shoving them further and further. Everything gets further and further out. And it doesn't, and and I hear what you're saying and we haven't done the music part, but I hear what you're saying. But even the media paints those of us who are really about, Equity and affordability and climate change, in the truest sense, are being are being looked at like we are the you hmm. know the pariahs. So how it's it's hard to stay the course when yeah. it feels very much like it's not we're not gaining and they're gaining. Well, I feel
4: like you two y'all just need to talk. You know,
8: yeah, we're talk. We're and,
5: and I, and I if, yeah I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I would say also. Um, Conservative has invested a lot of money in framing yeah. and how to frame uh, issues, and they've just oh, and they they're so excellent at it. I was like, they're very you good know, at it. Yeah. Instead of they're able to like spin you off of what you know, like Kelly uh, Kellyanne Conway, she was the, the like she was the embodiment of that. You could ask her a direct question, and then she's like dancing and peer, you know, and it's like. And they'll never give you a straight ant. They'll, they'll put you off the scent and then sort of point the finger at something else. And so what you have to do is just be stronger and be smarter and keep changing it and coming at it a different yeah. way. And, you know, partner with new people. Give this, I love this idea that yeah, I hadn't thought about right that, there, like yeah. right here. You know, get a hot DJ, you know, put it. That's, so what we do in DC, we do a, a conversation and crank. That's what we do. We don't have it. We just did an event at the Kennedy Center a couple weeks ago. We have no illusion that people want to hear our policy broccoli, <laughs> no. but we, they do want to come see Backyard Band. Yeah. And so they're going to have to hear a little bit of our <laughs> policy, our conversation, and then they get to hear Backyard Band. And so it really like it elevates the issues. And so, you know, and I think once you really work with, the, gosh, you work with the artists they're the most creative people, you know, in 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 being able to um, express themselves, reach audiences, and just keep switching up the playbook. And I think that's the big thing is just, yeah. and don't don't give up. So I think with us, like with DC, DC, people have said that Chocolate City's dead. That's been the narrative for, for many years now. Mm-hmm. And so it's got us to the point where we believe that we don't even exist in DC anymore when we're literally 40 something percent yeah. of the population still. We are the largest ethnic group in DC. And yeah. the narrative is, is that we don't exist anymore. People don't even try for our votes anymore. And what this movement has done um, is that it just reminded us that, okay, Okay, maybe it started with a little street corner, but we could win a battle. And then once you start yeah. winning, you want to win all the time, you know. And so you just come yeah. up with new ideas. More people come into the fold, and just keep working at it, and yeah. don't let them give up because we're progressives outnumber the people who want to maintain the status quo. And it's really so true. We, we 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 are going to win.
4: I do think too. I, I want to hear what you have to obviously. I want to hear what you have to say. I think in 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 addition to what us. What y'all have done well in me listening is like, is not allowing the person to build a strong man to define your terms, where you tell a term. What happens a lot of times in progressive movements is we come up with a word, a term, an idea and then it's told back to us in a very different definition and then weaponized. Yep. CRT. Yeah, you know, like critical race theory. Like, oh, my, oh, yeah, this 70-year-old concept right. that you just discovered. You know what I'm saying? And don't understand. And still, and still don't know what it means. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, but but if we let you go, well, we're defending, and it's like, I'm not defending that's what right. you're saying that's right. because that's not critical race theory. Right. I don't know what you're talking right. about. You know okay. what I'm saying? So if you, like, I would even encourage you to be like, not even let someone redefine your terms. No, no, this is, this is, no, I said what I meant. I said what I said. I said what I said. You know what I'm saying? And this is what it means. I don't know what you talk about. We are saying this. And I think that that's something your movement has done well. It's like, no, go goes an art. No, it's an art. No, 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 this is an and American if, born art. I don't care what you talk about. But for 30
5: born... years they got to say, but but it's violent. Yeah, yeah. And they got away with it. Yeah. Right? To the point where I was doing my dissertation, people were like, why would you want to do that? That those criminals that yeah. you know what I'm saying? And like every, it used to be every talk I gave, I would, every time I got a question about violence and I would very calmly say that the conga player is innocent. Yes. The conga player was just playing his conga. Yeah. What does that have to do with that? You know, the gun laws and drug epidemics and blah, yeah. blah, blah. These are two different conversations.
4: Totally. So, yeah. So that, that I would say, don't let them, don't let nobody take your term and redefine it. Like it's your words. Yeah.
8: Thank you so very much. I just wanna thank you both for coming here. And my response is actually to the audience and not y'all. As a black indigenous person who lives in Asheville and who's watched how things go, mostly talking to the white colonized people, like. We had someone talk about Triangle Park. Like, we're not gone. These neighborhoods that you've pushed us out of doesn't mean that we don't exist. We're still here. We're sitting in indigenous land. Mm -hmm. The problem with the most of these movements in Asheville is that they're run by white people that are not resourcing the neighborhood. They're Mm -hmm. not going and building true, deep relationships with black and indigenous you know individuals and uplifting them instead it's your faces everywhere and of course nobody's gonna come out and listen because if you're speaking towards the inequities you need the people that are affected by the inequities Mm -hmm. you you can't keep doing things the same way Asheville like acts like they're doing all of these things we keep talking about reparations we're talking about all of this stuff but there is a multitude of beautiful black indigenous fire humans that live here that are doing these things but our voices get stifled by your money by your power by what it is you all think you're doing if you just plug in step back and resource tap in like they're talking about doing all this tapping in like we're here How about you pay some respect to those of us that are here? Talk to our elders, go to Cherokee, talk to the people who own this land. We can't even be talking about reparation and talking about housing if we're not talking about land back. Like That's why this stuff keeps failing. Let's figure it out without white supremacy leading because then we're just doing the same shit over and over again with a different toilet and it doesn't work. (laughs)
4: Straight (laughs) Straight up tap in yeah tap in
1: all right questions comments anybody else all right look y'all thank you so much please give them another round of applause
4: Yeah, this here thing was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This mug was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by Matt Osowski. I can totally say his name, guys. It was it was a shtick. He's going by Matt now again because he got into some legal situations with the name Headlights. Y'all know Common used to be called Common Sense. Y'all know Tip, TI was Tip. Sometimes it happened. Executive produced by the one and only Sophie Lichterman for cool zone media and the theme music by the one and only gold tips gold tips dj sean p so y'all just remember listen every time you check in if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see y'all next week